0: And welcome to another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown. Focus on the defense with the man they call Vance. Man they call Vance Bedford. Fresh off a 29-7 victory for the Michigan Wolverines over the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, A a dominating second half. Just completely uh, bullied Michigan State on both sides of the ball after halftime. Key adjustment before the break. Uh, and and some key fourth down stops in the first half were were really what I, I think kind of snuffed part of the life out of any ho- any chance that Michigan State had to win this game. First of all, Vance, welcome back. Another week, another win, Michigan
1: 8-0. Glad to be back and glad to see Big Blue still rolling. I mean, they they doing the little things right. They are a well-coached football team. They make great adjustments. I love watching these guys play.
0: All right, so before we get into the game though Vance, I mean we got to start out by talking about the the, the storyline that over that was that overrides the game everybody's talking about the the tunnel assault, ambush, wasn't a fight, wasn't a scuffle, wasn't an altercation. it was an assault. so I, I'm curious all the years you've been coaching and playing, have you seen been a part of, witnessed anything like that before?
1: Not, not like that. We've had fights on the football field with the opponents, and it happened one time when I was playing in college, and I saw it again as a coach. But what I saw in the tunnel, that's the thing you see on television. It shouldn't happen. And everybody's willing to see what Coach Tucker's going to do. The school, Michigan State University, their student government, those kids should be kicked out of school right now for what they did. It shouldn't be up to Coach Tucker. They should be handled right now by the school because of what they did. That's an embarrassment to Michigan State University. And at the same time, it's like people always say, the name on your back. Do not. My daddy said, do not embarrass my name. And they embarrassed their father's name. They embarrassed Michigan State University. They embarrassed Michigan State University football program. So, again, to me personally, they, the school should put them out right now. It shouldn't be no wait and see what happens. We saw what happen. We saw it from four or five different cameras. That never should have happened, no matter how you look at it. Well, four or five guys, they jump on a guy in the locker room. Now, so there's one coming. Well, a guy he from Michigan, he was skipping in the locker room, giving guy high fives. So what? They won a the football game, and you should not be able to uh be jumped on because you happy you won a ball game. Uh, it's a problem. They should be kicked out of school right now.
0: Yeah, so you, you kind of went right at some of the things people are saying. Well, you know, the hardball caused some shot plays. He caused some trick plays late when the game was out of hand. And so, you know, he, he sort of contributed to this. What do you say to people who say that?
1: They never played in sports, it's called football. I love it. At the end of the game, you just run plays. You run plays not for this ball game when you're winning. You run in plays for the next opponent. So now they have to go work on those things. And that's what football is all about. Once you have a game where you're up, you're looking for the next game. I'm going to give them something else to possibly work on. So a lot of offensive coaches think that way. Defensive coaches, a lot of times, OA coaches, they don't think that way. Offensive guys, they really do. I mean, so but again, there's no excuse whatsoever for what happened. I mean, it's, that's a small catechism of what's happening in our country right now with violence. Mm. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, somehow we got to get our young young youth people in a position to understand there's nothing, I mean, absolutely nothing you can get out of violence with jail and could lose a lot because of that.
0: Yeah, and to, to toughen up mentally, man, I as as I know everyone didn't grow up with, with jawing and trash talking being a part of part of the gamesmanship, that that is absolutely a part of how I how I grew up. If you don't like what someone is saying to you, uh, then you settle that on the field. And if you can't settle it on, if you can't stop them on the field, then use it as motivation for the next time.
1: That's exactly you know? right. And I grew up the same way. I mean, we talk more trash. Like I said, we play in the dozens. I'm mean, going back to junior high school. That's part of it. if you. I say if you want to set them up or go out there and hit in a the mouth between the whistle, that'll stop it. Say after the whistle, I don't want to hear that. I mean, it's too late. You do it between the whistle, make it legal. And that's how we were taught. We all did that. We all talked trash, you know, when I came up It was all them fun. That's just part of
0: it. Yeah, man. I I I just think I'm like you. I think that to to have so many guys, this is what sticks out to me. It wasn't just one or two Michigan State guys, it was a bunch of them.
1: It's about four, four or five guys.
0: And that, that was just the ones that were stomping on stomping on Jay McBurrows. That did not even been talking about the guy who was swinging his helmet and at, uh, at Jamon Green. So, I mean, when you got that many guys losing composure like that. I think that's a reflection upon, upon leadership, a reflection upon the coach.
1: Yeah, the, the, those kids are out of control. Man, it's, so I've been in situations where we lost games and kids were just kind of just totally just destroyed but not to a point where you do things like that because as a coach, a coach is like a parent. He, A coach is like a psychologist, a social worker. I mean, you try to develop these young men to be uh, good citizens one day, to be able to go out and make a living, to raise a family. And so you don't teach them to, to go out there and be violent you be violent on the football field. Off the football field, you carry yourself the right way. Somehow something was missed, and those kids were out of control.
0: Yeah, man, I thought it was a soft reaction, very, very soft, mentally soft for them to do uh, what they did. And and so you say some kids should be kicked out of school. What about beyond that? I mean, if it was your son and someone swinging a helmet at them, there's there's a lawsuit being brought behind this, I think rightfully so
1: it is no doubt right now that's a legal situation uh I, I read somewhere where i think the dad has gotten a lawyer and they're gonna sue the guy those kids and, and hopefully try to i hate to say it, they can go to jail for that that, that isn't assault i mean this it, that's like a gang fight they were like a gang on the street and they saw a guy who was not from their gang and they jumped on him. Mm-hmm. and that's what that looked like to me and that's that's really sad and, and again, it goes back to, as you said, leadership. It also goes, like I said, it goes back to home training, how your family, your mom and dad or grandmother raised you. Hopefully they were raised better, but they didn't show it at that particular time. All right.
0: So let's talk about the actual game, Vance. This was one where out the gate, Michigan State actually had a little, uh, a little, you know, vinegar in them, as as they say. I guess I was going to give you the full, uh, the full saying. But they – They came in a little spicy, a little little fired up. And they have some talent on the perimeter. Most notably, number zero, Keon Coleman, as you talked about, you said, that's their best player. I said, well, you know, Vance, they've been saying, number one, Jaden Reed, he was their guy last year. They said that's their best guy. He's been hurt a little bit. He said, nah, zero is their best guy. And they came in, and that's who they were trying to go to, and they had some success with that early in the contest.
1: You know, they they did, and, you know, we talked about this last week, and I said no matter what you do, do not let the guy down the sideline. I don't care what kind of split he has, play outside technique. UW, University of Washington, they played outside technique. They eliminated him from going down the sideline and getting jump balls because the guy's 6'4", 215 pounds. He's a bad matchup, and we let him outside twice. They went on the touchdown play. They went trips into the boundary. Isolated him back to the field, and we played our normal base coverage. We let him outside. It's a touchdown. I mean, so again, you had two weeks to get ready for. It. There's a guy to take him out of the ball game. And so, we, after that series, we came back and started playing quarter quarter half. In other words, we played a cloud technique on him with a half fill over the top, and we really struggled with that. And at halftime, they made some adjustments with the corners to get it cleaned up. Game over. With. After that, we took him out of the mix.
0: Yeah. Once they Basically, they, they were doubling on it. It looked like a box and one on some plays, like I said, in the film study. On him, they couldn't do anything else, Vance. I, I mean, literally, nothing else in the toolkit to go to when they took that one thing away from them. I, I just, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because last year their whole offense was based on Kenneth Walker getting them out of trouble, right? And he had Peyton Thorne made some throws, Jaden Reed made some catches, but it really was Kenneth Walker. When all else failed. Give, give it to Kenneth Walker. Well, he, this year, all else fails, throw it at the Keon Coleman. You take that away,
1: they couldn't do anything else. They really couldn't. And they when they come out of the tunnel, you, you're impressed with Michigan State's offensive line. They are big. They are pretty. It's like you get they get off the bus first, it's like we're going home. We have no chance. But then when they got to move, they left to the right, it's like, it's like the 10-man in Wizard of Oz. I man, you need a wizard to get some oil. And we did a great job at play calling defensively, moving moving guys up front. We had several TFLs. They were just flat missing blocks. They tried to do some pin and pull plays like our offensive line. We blitzing off the edge. They blocked nobody. I mean, it's like they blocked an invisible man. So our game plan was really good. Once we took zero out of the mix, our defensive line, and linebackers, and secondary with movement, they played fantastic. I mean, you couldn't play a better game than what they did. From the second quarter on, it was just a total annihilation by our defense versus Michigan State's offense. I, I was highly impressed because a couple of times we blitzed, and when I said they blocked nobody, I mean, phew, they blocked nobody. That's all I got to say right now. It was embarrassing.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, like this
1: old coach told me a long time ago, Sam, he said, don't confuse me with the facts. And they were confused the entire ball game. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't
0: know what to say. Yeah, man, and I swear, I, I thought I thought when – because Al went back and watched all their games, he said, man, that's a confused defense over there. I mean, I, he was convinced. He said, I'm not a defensive coach. But they try to do so much. They They try to fix their problems with scheme. And they're compounding their problems by giving them more stuff, right? And now, I mean, I come – I'm listening to you talk about their offense and we break it down in the film study. And it feels like at times they're they're confused on on offense. Guys don't know who to block. They go in the wrong way. I'm like, man, it's eight games into the season.
1: Man, the, the offensive line was confused. I mean, really in the second half, they turned guys just got free. I mean, you run an inside zone, which at times, you know, we had a few plays that should have hit on us. They didn't block the linebackers. I mean, one play we looked at on this illustration is that the defensive end ninety four, nobody blocked them. How could you miss that guy? Got blocked down, got blocked out he, out. he runs in the backfield. The linebacker on the other side, he runs down, runs straight in the beak out. The offensive tackle fall down. I mean, it's it was ugly. It, it was absolutely ugly. I don't know if they're going to win another game. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, if they play that way, I mean, if they play that way, they won't win another game. I'm, I'm I, just saying that was bad ball. I mean, if they weren't prepared offensively for what they had to see from Michigan's defense. They were, like I said, they had, Number zero, to throw the ball deep. After that, they couldn't run the football. I mean, their scheme, if I'm playing at the University of Michigan, I'm going to run some zone replay play a quarterback. To play the club. We talked last week about, it. I said, this quarterback's athletic. but They never gave a chance, the kid a chance to be athletic. I mean, I would at least give them a chance. So to me, that goes back to the play calling, putting that guy in position to make plays for you.
0: All right, so we talked a lot about, we're gonna to get to talking about the defensive line. We've talked a lot this season about Jesse Mentor's pressure packages, and he's been he's been brilliant with those this year. It's, it's how how seamlessly he's hit the ground running, found the strengths of his guys, right? Because you gotta learn your talent, and you gotta you gotta dial into what their strengths are. It's not always about what you like. What can they do? He's found what these guys can do. Got to give a shout out to Steve Klinkscale, the DB coach and co-defensive coordinator. You know, adjustments on the back end. He has a hand in that, a huge hand in that. So you said they went quarter, quarter, half. uh, They had to clean that up and take that. Steve Klinkscale, give him his love. But I want you to talk about Mike Elston because you said heading into this game, Vance, that I'm talking to my D-line coach. And I'm telling my D-line coach, this is a big week for you. And that D-line, they played a hell of a game. They've been playing well all season long. I mean, we're going to break down this this, this this their screen recognition. You see high IQ plays. Mike Elson came in and done a hell of a job here.
1: He did a great job. And I, I know Mike because Mike was a player when I first got to Michigan in 95. Then he became a graduate assistant for, us you know, in 97. So he came up on the Jim Herman. So I, I know Mike's very detailed. So he probably had a write-up on every offensive lineman from their stance. uh If it's sitting heavy to run, if it's sitting light to pass on splits, and I tell you what, the defensive line did a great job reading. I mean, they read the screen great. Think about it. They were in the screen, and we got two or three defensive linemen going out there to chase the screen down. And when it came time for the ball to be thrown, they did a great job pass rushing. They did a great job in the stance as far as moving and coming unblocked. How can a big defensive end is 275 pounds, He moved from a C-gap to the B-gap, and nobody blocked him. First, it's great technique by by, uh, the defensive end and just awful play by the offensive line. I'm just going to call it what it is. I'm not going to let anything go. You know the best thing about what we do, Sam? I don't really have a job. I could be honest. (laughs) (laughs) If I had a job, I had to be very political. But right now, I can just be honest. You know, one of the base calls, I call it rock. They hang on the front, bring off the edge. You know, you don't get that play. You have to play for that. Well, it worked. They ran it three times, I think, maybe more. It worked every single time. It should, That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. So, again, going back to Mike El- Elston, I'm a big fan of his. He's doing a great job. He's a Michigan man all the way. He understands what it means to play at the University of Michigan because he's a player there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you, you watch how these guys are coming along. And how about, so 22's having a tough time in this game. He, you know, on on the fade balls, I thought the young fella, number two, young Will Johnson, came in and had himself some good snaps, came in and blasted Jaden Reed uh, in the flat, was uh, was good in coverage, big physical corner that, that, you know, I think, obviously, he was a five-star recruit. I think he has a chance to be a really, really special defensive back here at Michigan. I mean, it's it's early in his career, but dude has a lot of
1: tools. Where has he been is all I got to say. Where has he been? I mean, he got out there, played with a lot of enthusiasm, physical guy. He did some good things. I was highly impressed with the things he did. You said he's a freshman?
0: He's a freshman.
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's – what's holding him back? I mean, I go back to 97. William Peterson was a freshman, played a lot. Whitley was a freshman, played him a lot. Patman was a freshman, played him a lot. Get them guys in the game. What you waiting on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's play. Give me some depth. And, and at the end of the year, I'm going to be more healthier because I'm taking some of the pressure off my, my, my stars. Mm-hmm. That, so, I like him. I like his size, his length, athleticism. He's going to be a really good player.
0: Yeah, so we're seeing great adjustments. We're seeing guys rise up and be playmakers, uh, you know, whether it's obviously. When you look at up, up front, Mike Morris, you, you your guy, Little Mike, as you call him,
1: Little Mike. <laughs> he, he had a play we didn't have to do it on the illustration, but he playing man to man on that slot. I mean, played it perfectly, put the hand in front of it, knocked it down. And Little Mike, I got Little Mike and Big Mike. That's what money on right now, Mike and Mike in the morning, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you, you have some guys you you've seen growth over the course of the season. This is the home stretch though, right? Yeah. You know, these these next three uh, opponents off it I'm Illinois is certainly not a pushover. They've shown they've shown you that in a you know Western division that is really, really depleted as far as I'm concerned, they're the class of it. They play good defense, they can really run the football. But you you're not gonna see any even close to reasonable facsimiles of Ohio State no one's close no one does what they do and gives you any kind of look so I'm curious Vance as you over the course of the next month how are you preparing your defense
1: are you Sam I'm concerned about uh Illinois Illinois is old Wisconsin they big physically run the ball and they play an aggressive style playmaking uh high risk defense and those are kind of teams that Especially when you play in, in Champaign, you're traveling, and all of a sudden they pressure you on defense, get a couple of takeaways, short and field for a guy who wants to run the football, be physical, got a decent receiver outside, I can throw the deep ball on. So it's you gotta be very careful not to overlook Illinois because I tell you what, they are better than what people give them credit for. I mean that that's it's not a trap game because they're a good football team. Right. So we better make sure we take it one game game at a time. If not, Illinois will beat us because okay. if they play a style of football. Wisconsin over the last twenty five years has given Michigan some tough games. We're seeing we're seeing Wisconsin football in Illinois right now with Brett Billa. Yeah,
0: there's Dick, absolutely he's coming and and put that that model uh, in play. I think he's I think he's fortunate for where he's doing it over on that side. Though they just have I mean, the West is terrible. I mean it's awful as you just said. And so you're you're playing three straight West teams. You know, you look at, at Rutgers, uh, you know, bad. <laughs> bad football team, hoping Mickey Joseph is able to is able to stick on there at Nebraska, but not a good football team. They got to come here in Ann Arbor. And Illinois, Michigan is not gonna overlook Illinois, but it's and it's here, it's senior day. You know, that I expect them to be ready to play chase brown is going to have their attention as one of the best backs in the big 10 but here's the thing vance my the point that i'm getting at is i hear you say every week ohio state does this ohio state does that got to be ready for this with ohio state so you've been saying all season long that i'm doing things to get ready for ohio state every week yeah does that ramp up the closer you get like i know you got to beat the team in front of you but do you have a closer eye on Ohio State the closer that you get to them, or do you just keep doing what you've been doing?
1: I keep doing what I'm doing, but I've been watching them the whole year. So right now, if you have a defensive analyst, so right now he's going to take the Penn State game, and he's going to break it down. What did Penn State do defensively to be in a ball game? And if they don't turn the ball over, Penn State might win that ball game. That's when the game changed. That's that's be for real change because their defense got a lot of takeaways. If that doesn't happen, Penn State might win that game. So I'm I'm breaking them down every little detail that they did, and for Ohio State to kind of get things going, they went up tempo. Mm-hmm. And so you got to understand, I'm getting ready for that. I was shocked with Michigan State; they not want up tempo. We talked about that. Yeah, they did no up tempo, and I, I don't understand that. That that's the thing that we need to get ready for. Talking about Ohio State up tempo. The the slot receiver is pretty good. I think we got the best nickel in the country, and Mike. I think it's going to be a great matchup for him. And if we can handle that guy in the slot, we're going to be okay in that game.
0: Vance, I, I guess I'm, I'm listening to you, t- to you talk. And if the dudes was
1: confused when they go slow,
0: <laughs> they're probably saying we can't. If we can't go slow, how are we going to go fast, Vance? That's probably what they said.
1: Well, they should have gone fast and taken a chance. I mean, they were confused no matter what. I mean, it, it's. I, I just don't understand what happened to Michigan State offense line because the one thing you would say about the Spartans up front, they're always going to be physical. They're going to be tough. And when you after that game, you're going to be sore because that's what Michigan State has always been. But after this game, I don't think any Michigan's D-line was sore because they hit nobody. Yeah. I mean, they just flat I, missed people.
0: Well, speaking of hitting people, this is the thing to talk about Ohio State a, a little bit. And by the way, if you have questions for Vance, now's the time to get them in the comments section. Start getting your questions lined up. So I can get him through to the man. He can address you to people. But I'm watching this, this Penn State-Ohio State game. And Ohio State guard-to-guard, guard, Vance, I'm like, hmm. They, that's, you know, Penn State was able to kind of take it to them in the middle of that. off, and, and they weren't getting a whole lot of movement. I don't even think they had 100 yards rushing in. I know that's not their game. But they had one big run. For about forty yards, and other than that, they're averaging about three yards. they aren't really moving the football on the ground the way Michigan just plowed over them. So I'm looking at that I'm like oh, man, I think Michigan might have an advantage on the interior there. Michigan's interior defensive line versus Ohio State's interior offensive line.
1: I think you're right. We do enough things up front. We have we're a, we're a multiple up front. We play four three. We play three four. We play bare defense. So. When you play Michigan's defense, you got to get ready as an offensive line coach all the different type of fronts you have to go against. The next thing is we bring the corner, we bring the nickel, we bring a backer. So, again, you have to be prepared for that. So your quarterback has to be well trained as far as which way to turn the offensive line. Where's my check down? Where's my screen guy? Who's a matchup issue for us? And that's what you're going to look at. To to me is that I think Mike is going to do a great job on anybody in the slot based on the coverages that we run. The issue is going to be outside. I think Turner is going to do a great job holding up now. It is going to be green. It is going to be the young freshman out there because Ohio State, what they do a good job of, finding a weak link in the secondary. We're going to put our best guy on him and go after him.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you've talked a lot about where you see the the vulnerabilities in, in the defense. You talked about if you were in Michigan State, how you would attack how you would attack this. So you say, I would have thrown however many fade balls, right? And they actually have a receiver that could do that. You know Ohio State can get that done. But I want you to go back in your defensive coordinator bag again and pick up on the question that I asked you last week. Heading into this into this Michigan State game, you're Michigan State's defensive coordinator. How are you defending Michigan? We just saw Michigan, you know, they they pushed them around, but they struggled in the red zone. What did you see as the reasons why? Was there anything unique in how Michigan State attacked them in the red zone to slow them down? Uh, and, and how do you? what do you think the remedy is for that for Michigan? Like, What can they try in the eyes of a defensive coordinator that might give you problems if they were to do it?
1: Biggest thing, when you get in the red zone versus Michigan, what are they going to do? They're going to run the football. So you, you stop the run. You load the box, stop the run, we're going to drag you to throw the football, and Michigan really didn't throw the football. So they went, Michigan's offense went to the game, so we're going to try to – uh get jj on the corner some zone replay some boots well i told you earlier i said we with jj keep jj in the pocket make him beat us from the pocket he to me still i haven't seen that and so i could pressure in the red zone there's no depth to the field so all the defensive backs are a lot closer to the line of scrimmage so now are your receivers good enough to beat guys in one-on-one and to be honest i really don't know that so scheme wise what can you do to get your guys open? You need to run bunch formations. You need to run uh, tandem receivers. You need to motion a bunch. They start a bunch and motion away to make people adjust. I don't see Michigan's offense doing that down in the red zone. They make it real simple. They line up and say, here we are. And, okay, I'm a defensive coordinator. I say, here you are. I'm going to come get you there. I can blitz you because you're not going to do a lot as far as motion, scheme-wise. You're going to try to run the football, with your running back. That's what they're going to do. So if I stop him, I win. Now it's third down and five. On the five, you're going to throw the football. So I can run anything. I can blitz you. I can run combination coverage. This advantage to me. So to me, on first and 10, I'm hard-placing pass on the football. I'm not going to do sprint-out pass. They did sprint-out pass in this game. I'm, I'm throwing stuff at my TV. I can't stand sprint-out pass. You know why? You cut away half the field. You can't throw a backside. You're limited. And so now if underneath coverage expands. I, I can't stand sprint out pass. I, I can't stand it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Don't do that. I mean, so keep him in the pocket, If it's sprint out pass, do a boot or neck and get him on the front. End. But in the red zone, you got to find different ways to throw it on first down because right now, and Al probably knows more about it than I do, but what I'm seeing, observation, we're going to run the ball first down, we're going to run the ball on second down. If you're on the two yard line and it's third and two, we're going to run the ball again. And so I got to stop to run with different blitzes and different movements. To stop Michigan from running the ball in the end zone. And if you throw it, you're just gonna throw a fade, so I'm gonna play the fade ball. Mm-hmm. You might beat me on the slant, but I'm they taking no we don't
0: really do a whole lot of fade balls, but but to your point, they if you're you're third and predictable, it's yes. third down, basically, is what you're saying.
1: If that's wrong, first down, throw the ball down there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Give me some formations that say, okay, it looks like a run formation, and throw the ball out of it. Go hard play action pass and throw the ball out of it. I mean, right now, they don't really do that. At least not from just watching television. I haven't broken them down, but just an observation to me is like, okay, they come. They're going to be in 22 personnel. You know, it's two backs, two tight ends, two backs, one wide receiver. They're going to run the football. They come by 23, 23 personnel, three tight ends, two backs. They're going to run the football. Come out there. Okay, let's shift to a different formation. Make them have to adjust. And now you're the running from that or throw it. But give me some different looks to give my guy a chance. Cause right now, people just loading the box, they're gonna blitz you. They're gonna say you're not gonna run the ball in on the end zone. Not gonna let it happen.
0: Well, you know, he, here's the thing. Uh 95% I've been using that stat. It's just something I throw out there. Majority, overwhelming majority of, of college football, not man enough to stop Michigan from doing what they're doing right now. They're gonna bully the majority of teams in college football. But Really, the focus is you talk about Ohio State, so Ohio State, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. That's really the measure now, right? That's who you.
1: That's who you're comparing to. Now, what do, can you beat them doing? What not? You- not kicking field goals, Sam. Not kicking field goals. And like my daddy used to always tell us that field goals, it gives the opponent hope. It keeps them in the ball game. Michigan State had hope. We kicked with four or five field goals. They had hope. Okay, it's it's three to zero. We actually dominating the game. They had two fade balls and they get a touchdown. So all of a sudden, the game changed just like that. Why? Because we're kicking field goals. Field goals will not beat good football teams. They really won't. I mean, you can beat you going to beat Michigan State. Or you can beat Rutgers. Or you can beat Maryland kicking field goals. But to beat those top five teams, offensively can score points you can't kick field goals. You need to get, you need to
0: touchdowns. You really do. All right. Let's start to get to the questions. Folks, if you have questions for Vance Bedford, leave them in the comments right now. Uh, I'm going to start off with one that we've addressed already. We get deeper into it in the film study, but I, I wonder if you can try to explain it as much as you can in detail, Vance, as Mike Gee said, how did we take away Keon Coleman number zero in the second half? Tighter man-to-man and safety help. So you you sort of explained it. They went quarter, quarter half. They played cloud coverage. Can you explain exactly what that is so the the folks can kind of conceptualize what Michigan did to take
1: him out of the game? So what they did is that normally the kid, he, he aligned them to the boundary. So they rotated the secondary to that side. So in other words, the boundary corner, he played what we call a cloud technique. He's a flat defender. So his job is to reroute that guy and get him back inside. The safety to that side, he has half the field, from the center of the field to the sideline. So he has half the field deep. The next safety, he has a quarter of the field. And the corner has a quarter. So you got a quarter plus a quarter plus a, a half equals a hole. Okay, underneath the cover, to the boundary, the linebacker, to, that, to the cloud side, he's a curl dropper. The next linebacker, I call him a three-match guy. Some people call him a strong hook. And then Mike, the nickelback, he's a quarter flat player, first thing to the flat, he takes it. So, therefore, we rolled to my man, Coleman, number zero. We rerouted him and got him back inside. They were max protected a couple of times. He couldn't get deep. So, the quarterback had to hold the football and throw it to the flat. We also started running that in the second quarter, Sam. And we didn't do a great job of it because they still caught a deep ball on us. But at halftime, I think they set Turner and and green down and said, this is how you got to work the technique of the cloud corner. They cleaned it up after that. Game's over with. Mm-hmm.
0: Great stuff. You'll be able to see that in detail as we go over it in the film study and, and really break it down. but Excellent, excellent uh, adjustment and then execution by the players. So here is one that's right up your alley, Vance. Christopher Robbins asks Vance, do you think we'll handle the Buckeyes in the snake pit this year down there in Columbus?
1: Not a doubt in my mind. Just, just play like us, just do us. Go out there and play like Michigan. And you don't worry about anything else because at the end of the day, when you're a good football team, it's not about your opponent. Michigan's a, a really good, great football team. If you do your job, if you execute, and each man does his job, and he wins his battle, we're going to win a ball game. I don't care what we play. And right now we're playing good defense, but and next thing we're playing great special teams. Mm-hmm. When you talk about big ball games, Special teams become the way you actually win a championship. And we have the advantage there because we're going to run the football on these guys. We can win a football game just that way. Ground check on offense, great special teams, get them pinned back in the end zone. We got the best field goal kicker uh, in the conference and continue to play good defense. We will win down in the snake pit.
0: Gotcha. All right. Here's another one, Uh, fans Uh, Mark Mikowski. Said, hey, do you think the officials called an accurate game as a, as a DB coach fans with, with with the clutching and grabbing? I guess you can look at it both ways. I mean, they let you get away with some uh, when the clutching and grabbing, but they also let them get away with some push offs out there.
1: They let them play. The best thing about the officials in this particular game, they got it away, saying, unless it's just flagrant, we're going to let you guys play. Man, I saw some holes on defense. I saw some push-off on offenses. So as a DB coach, I like the way they call the ball game because they, gonna, they let the defensive backs be aggressive. And a lot of times, they don't allow that to happen. So to me, they called a pretty good game because one time on the third down, I think it was in the uh, third quarter, uh, Michigan was playing two men and turned a graduate receiver. They could have thrown a flag. Or the, I mean, it's obvious. I'm like, that's a hole. No call to be made. It's an incomplete pass. I mean, so they call it the same on both ways. They call it a good game.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did, because Roman Wilson had himself a touchdown. To my man yanked his shoulder pad. I mean, he had his hand inside his shoulder pad and yanked
1: it. I'm like, wow. I mean, I mean it's, it's obvious. That? I mean, like I say, Ray Charles would have seen that one. Ray Charles having a drink, playing a piano would have thrown a flag on that play. But guess what? I guess he turned away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, here's one from Tyler W. It says, Vance, how is Michigan so successful stopping the run this year? I think we're holding teams like at 60%. Uh,
1: average. Yeah, I think because of what we're doing defensively, I think uh, different fronts, different looks, different movements. We, like so, we'll blitz the corner, we'll blitz the nickel back, we'll blitz the inside back backer. Then the next thing is we give them a different front. We'll cover the zero and both guards. In other words, we're in bare defense, or we'll line up next time, come up with a zero and two four technique to cover both tackles. So as an offensive line coach. You have to adjust to all those different fronts. Now, to all those different fronts, he brings a backer sometimes. He brings a nickel sometimes. So it causes the offensive line not to be as aggressive in the run blocking, and that's one of the reasons why we've been very successful in stopping the run this season.
0: Yeah, this is uh, this is asking you to, to kind of predict things. As Seth Scott says, let me redo the question. I guess he asked it before. Is Illinois going full in on stopping the run to make Michigan throw the ball? I can't see how any team will come at Michigan any other way,
1: Vance. Again, if I'm playing in Michigan, I'm loading the box. I'm going to play more man. I'm going to blitz you more. I'm going to say, JJ, beat me with your receivers. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to do everything I can to stop the run. What Michigan does on defense, I would be doing that to our offense. I'm moving the front. Uh, I, I'm, I call it gap exchange. The end go inside, the backer go outside. The end goes up the field, the back inside. So I'm doing different things trying to attack your offensive line. And if you don't, you just line up and say, "Here I am and block me." Michigan's offensive line is good enough to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we we talked a lot about DJ Turner in coverage. Account twenty two says uh, Jaden Reed number one was shocked that DJ could run with him. Vance, he he haven't been watching. He haven't been watching the breakdown.
1: My man, Turner can run with anybody. He, he's showing that. And like I said, I don't like foot races and Turner does. So if I was his coach here and I would have a whole lot of problems. Uh, the one fade ball, he stopped on the guy, he did a great job, his technique, got great position. He, he cut him off. But the only thing I would say clinic-wise, I just tell defensive backs, don't ever look back, look up. He looked back and almost lost the guy. But he was able speed-wise to get back in position to make a play. But You know, Turner does some good things. He relies too much on his speed sometimes, you know, but in that particular play, did a great job with his clinic tape. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, here's here's another one that's focused on the offense. Robert Huda says, J.J. has a huge arm. Should we be taking more shots from midfield or farther out against Rutgers just to force Illinois and Ohio State to worry about it, basically put it on wax to give them something to think about?
1: I wouldn't worry about putting putting things on tape. I mean, if – Sam, if well, I was ever a head coach, I'm going to tell you like this. After a ball game, if my offensive coordinator didn't throw eight deep balls, we're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't care who, who my quarterback is. That means you're averaging two deep throws a quarter. So that's eight. Throw the deep ball. We need to throw more deep balls to see what can happen. It's great during checkdowns downs that spread the field because if you start doing that, people can't load the box on you. Right now, people are going to dare us to throw the football. Illinois going to line up. They probably gonna, I hadn't seen them play. I would imagine they're playing either quarters of man. They're going to load the box and say, say can you receive us beat us man-to-man? I'm going to go back to Maryland. Maryland played man-to-man on us, and we couldn't get guys open. And they, they played us pretty They walked up and pressed our guys, and I'm yelling, give me a bunch formation. Give me motion. Find a way to get these guys open. So don't be surprised you see Illinois walk up and press us.
0: Uh, getting right back to it. Uh, As we get to more of the questions, here's one from Marcus Ellis at Vance. I love the way Rob Moore, number 19, is playing in safety. Who does he remind
1: you of? He's doing a good job, but you know what? I'm going to go way back to my boy, Marcus Ray. He plays smart. He's physical. He puts himself in position to make plays. And that's what you always want is a guy like that, smart. He can adjust. He can make corrections for other guys when they make a mistake. And that's what you got to have with safety. If you don't have that kind of guy's safety, you're not going to have a good defense. So he can cover up a lot of mistakes of other guys because he's a smart football player.
0: All right, here's another one from Michael Beard. Uh, You kind of touched on this a little bit, but let's let's get specific and not just focus on one guy. Just as a group, what can our DBs do to better defend 50-50
1: balls? You know, that's something you work on in practice. I mean, doing all seasons, a lot of people use, they'll use like a tennis ball and teaching guys how to just take it at the highest point. But the biggest thing to me, if I'm having issues with that, then I'm going to adjust their alignment. I'm going to play more outside press. Just like we talked last week against Michigan State, I'd have played outside press. In other words, I'm not going to let the guy get outside technique if I can help it. I'm going to get him back inside so the safety can see it. Because normally what we tell the safety, you should be able to make a play from the top of the numbers to the top of the numbers. But on the outside of the numbers, he's not going to get there if he's in the middle of the field. You're playing either man free or couple three. So, again, based off of certain teams and what they're doing, I'm going to play more outside, press to get them back inside. Now my safety can get a chance to help me out. Now I can take away the jump ball.
0: Yeah, you you touched on this one. I'm just flashing it back up so we don't need to belabor it a ton. Uh, But – Question about the offense again. What can we do better in, in the red zone? And you said, "Hey, you know, give give get the receivers more involved." Is basically what I hear you saying.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Get the receivers more involved. Get JJ on the perimeter early, not late. Give them different formations. Don't give us a run formation. And say, "Here I am." Let's start spreading people out. So now the box can't be loaded, and for JJ, it cleans it up for him. If you start spreading guys out. He can see what the coverage is and have an idea whether to throw the football or what to run the football. I and mean, when we do that, I think it'll help him out quite a bit. We're making it too easy for the defense right now.
0: I want this one from Troy Brown. Say, Uncle Vance, what do you think of the turnover buffs? You get a turnover, you get the, you get the shades, you get the buffs that you put on to celebrate the turnover. Is that something you would allow with your crew, Vance, if you were still coaching?
1: Man, you got to understand the guys I've had in the past, you know, the that, that Woodson crew, and I'm in Florida with uh, Janard Jenkins. and those guys. You got to be real careful because they're going to take it not just to the board, they're going to take it overboard so based on who my guys are oh, you gotta be real careful with all of that right now it's great to have fun but sometimes don't take it too far <laughs> uh
0: here's what neil wiggins said why do teams rarely fumble the ball against michigan it seems this has been the case for uh for several seasons i, I guess i i can't say that i really paid attention to that but you you do uh you you sort of sure. making the ball right strips
1: some teams are really good at it i mean it's you have to really focus on that in practice and a lot of times people say first guy in tackle, second guy strip the football. If you see a lot of NFL players right now, you know the first thing they do right now, first guy in he's trying to strip the football right now. So in order to get that done, you got to focus in on that. right now we're so fundamentally sound that we do a great job wrapping up that second and third guy should be trying to strip the football. And we, we can get better at that and I think that's going to be key for us. Down the line as far as getting more takeaways on defense.
0: So here's another one. And you you clearly are not overlooking Illinois, and I'm I'm not either. But Jamal asked, are we overlooking the fight in Illini? They have a good quarterback and a good running back. I guess I don't agree with that. I they, I think they have a really good running back. I think Chase Brown is really, really good. I'm not sold on on DeVito at at quarterback. I I think they benefit from the the side that they play in. Uh, it's for them, it's about their ability to run the football and their defense. They get after it on defense.
1: It really is. I mean, I, again, I said that's the old Wisconsin-style offense. Big offensive line, running football, decent quarterback, play action pass, give me one good receiver that can go deep. And now on defense, we're going to blitz you. We're going to play man-to-man. We're going to try to confuse you and get takeaways. And they've done that type of thing. That's why they've been successful. You know, So I don't think anybody's overlooking him because I said earlier – Talking about Ohio State, let's get ready for Illinois because that's a dangerous football team right now.
0: Yeah, and and Chase Brown is for real. I mean, look, he can run that rock. Physical dude, that that will be a challenge, the stiffest challenge that Michigan has faced to date running the football. I thought that was going to be Penn State. Uh, Now it's pretty clear to me it's going to be Illinois. So um, moving on and this is a tough one to tell Vance trash can man says still believe our dual offense coordinators is hampering our offense and JJ's development. Two things that I don't know. I don't know how, how the duties are break are, are broken up because we've seen Jim in the past. He's had like, he's had three or four coordinators some years where, you know, you got a pass game guy and a run game guy, a third down guy, a goal line guy, a red zone guy, like, but I don't know how he's doing it this year, so it's it's tough to to tell how that's affecting the play sequencing uh, at all. But it's it's definitely something to to I think evaluate if you're them.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I don't necessarily know it's a problem. I don't know what's going on. A lot of times when you have dual coordinators, one guy's calling most of the game. Mm-hmm. You can't have well this time you call this series, then you call it the next now. One guy probably overseeing most of it. For example, I would say Sharon Moore is probably run game coordinator more than anything else. You know, so as you go into a game plan, you kind of list one, two, three, you know, what plays you like the most. And then I bet you he's real heavy and short yardage and the goal line situation. But uh, normally the guy in the press box, he's doing most of the play calling. It's tough for an offensive coordinator to be on the field calling the plays. So, I got a good feeling a guy in the press box is probably calling eighty percent of the plays once a game gets started.
0: all right, uh Jack, let me answer this question. Jack you said late sorry, just answer elsewhere, no play clips for this week's breakdowns. no, we do the we do the clips in a separate video. I mean same way all season. We have the the live commentary and then the film study is separate, so that is a separate video. That goes up after this one, where we do all the telestrations. So you can go on the, on the channel; uh, you can see them all from from past weeks. Uh, and like I said, we have this live video where we're taking your questions and doing and offering the commentary, and then the uh, the telestrations in a separate video. All right, Sam Vance, can Coach Bellamy help our wide receivers get separation with their routes? I've noticed our tight ends are sustaining their blocks for open field tackles against against runners. Um, sounds like to me that, I mean, do do you see it as a, as an individual receiver problem or is it a scheme thing? I mean, are they, are they scheming guys open? There are a lot of, a lot of stop routes, a lot of Hanks, um, you know, not a whole lot. You, You mentioned, uh, with doing things with formation to shake guys free, we just haven't really seen a whole lot of that. So I wonder what you think is more the issue than the other.
1: Yeah, I think you need to do a little, few more things with scheme. Scheme the guys open at times by motions, by bunch formations, different things of that nature. You know I mean, But as I watch our guys run routes, they're excellent route runners. When I mean, we used to talk about separation, that's a speedy thing. When I come out of my break, I have to accelerate to get myself open. So that's on that individual guy. So for him to make that comment about uh, our guys not getting much separation, well, I mean, their defensive backs we're playing against got to be better than our receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they're matching up with them well. So if that's the case, then you got to find ways to scheme them open with motion, with bunch, with tandem splits, and that type of thing to scheme them open. And right now I think that's something that we need to do, and, and, and that's a, probably a better question for Al.
0: Yeah. I, I don't
1: yeah. watch our offense that way uh, to really get a good understanding, but – I brought it up going back to the Maryland game. Our guys were not getting open. They were matched up pretty good.
0: And really? Maryland
1: had a def- decent defensive box.
0: It's, it's, I just don't see how you can say that. Receivers had 12 targets in that game. Um, you That's know, not very many. Yeah, you got a lot okay. of – you know, you, and this is not a criticism as much as it is an observation. Heavy tight end emphasis. Uh, so they, they definitely use a lot of tight ends. They went 14 personnel on one play. Right. Uh You throw it. <laughs> I ain't bad. It ain't best. They like the tight. End. It's working. Yeah. It's working.
1: except when we get in the red zone. Yeah, sure. Let's be honest now. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. working until we get in the red zone. And again, that goes to the question he asked. So now in the red zone, one on one, where's the separation coming from? And how do you get that separation? You get it by different schemes. You get it by motion. You get it by a bunch, making people adjust to situations. And I haven't seen a whole lot of that because, I, I, like I said, I, I've been asking some of the same questions too. And if we can run the football every snap and beat people, okay, I'm all for that. But, again, if we get down, okay, some people scoring us and the defense is not having a great day, how do you get back in the ball game? You have to throw the football to do that. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying this. If I'm playing against Michigan, I'm going to make J.J. beat me from the pocket. Until he proves me that he can do it, I'm going to sit back and say, I'm, I'm, if I'm a defensive coordinator, he hasn't proved that to me yet.
0: Yeah, that's the, that is the game plan, to say the least. Uh, a couple of things real quick. Tyler W. said we might play Illinois twice. Got to keep that angle in mind. You're absolutely right. I think they are going to win the West, even if they lose uh, to Michigan in a few weeks. Uh, this question for you, Vance. Do you think Michigan, from let Toast Media, said, is Michigan's O-line the best in the country?
1: Right now, they're playing that way. I had not seen many other people play, to be honest. But from what they've done so far, how they're running in the football, if they're not number one, they're definitely in the top two or three very easily. I mean, Sharon Moore and those guys done a great job. You know, I'm, I'm a Sharon Moore fan. You know, I, I worked with Sharon at Louisville. He was our tight end coach. Uh, he played offensive line for the University of Oklahoma, was a heck of an offensive lineman. And I love what he's doing and hype the things he brings to the table as a coach.
0: Gotcha. Well, Vance, uh, that kind of brings us to the end of this segment. It is 5.30, and so that is the end of our time. We'll get m- some more questions in for the man next week. Be sure to be on the lookout for the film study. Tell you folks all the time, if you like what we do and how we do it, be sure to like the video, be sure to subscribe to the channel, and be sure to follow us over on the MichiganInsider.com. That's where you can find our podcast. I know a lot of you find us on Google, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you want a one-stop shop where you can find all of our videos, all of our podcasts, all of our written content, the michiganinsider.com is where you should go. That's where you get all our VIP intel on the, on the team, football, basketball, and recruiting as well. $1 gets you access for one month. And then after that, if you get hooked, which you will, and become a full paying member, uh, not only will you have access to the MichiganInsider.com and all of the sites, the team sites on the 24-7 Sports Network. You will also have an access pass to Paramount Plus. It is great bang for your buck. Vance, is always, a banger when we when uh with with uh with you, man. Appreciate your time. You know, uh the Wolverines taking on Rutgers and Nebraska the next couple of weeks. I think their biggest enemy, the biggest opponent is injury. Don't get hurt. Vance, don't get hurt the next couple of weeks. Then it's Illinois and it's Ohio
1: State. I agree with you. The biggest enemy is going to be ourselves. Looking in the mirror, baby. Just don't listen to all the people out there. But that's that's just go take care of business, man. And again, as always, it's been great. Go blue. And somebody please send my steaks so I could throw them on my grill. The bison brisket was outstanding. It didn't burn, had great flavor. So I'm waiting for my steaks from last year. Somebody owe me some steaks, Sam. It's hey
0: man, we gotta do I gotta figure out a way. If you have any ideas, like how how do we get this this thing done the stakes for vans there has to be some kind of easy way to work this out because he did say early last season michigan is gonna win the big 10 championship they're gonna beat ohio state if that happens give me my stakes and some fans are like okay vans yeah we'll do that we'll do that time came they won the big 10 championship vans didn't get his stake so we owe the man
1: hey you know what i like them nice and thick i like a, a good ribeye with good marbling Man, it just melts in your mouth. That's all I have to say about that. Put a little that a thing and some balsamic vinegar and some olive oil. Man, bring bringing tears to my eyes right now, baby. It's so good. All right. Well, listen, folks,
0: drop them in the comments. If you have any ideas how we can make this an easy transaction? Stakes to bands, Let me know. In the meantime, in between time, be sure to check us out over on the Michigan, MichiganInsider.com. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching.
1: Go Blue.